Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode number 35 of Bedden and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe, and what a great weekend of racing we have coming up for you this weekend with the Skidmore Stakes on Friday and the Alabama Stakes on Saturday, which I will talk about in a little bit, but the guys will be covering on tomorrow's show, the flagship show um, with Pete, Paul, and of course, the boss himself, Howard Kravitz. But Guys, um, this is a big announcement. I'm going to wait a little bit to give it, but um, the boss has done it again. He secured very, very big guests for next week's show, of course, covering Travers Weekend at the spa. But I'll let a little bit more people flow in here as I go through the the curriculars, but um, uh, that will come through very soon. So be on the lookout for that announcement. It's going to be great. As you see, scrolling around the bottom, um, at gmail.com is the email. And if you're brand new here or you aren't subscribed, why not? You're already coming back anyway. Please go below the video player and hit subscribe, hit the like button, and of course, hit the notification bell so you never miss any shows uh, uploaded onto the HHH Racing Podcast YouTube channel. And again, smash that like button as it um, as it really helps us out and pushes this video out into the YouTube algorithm um, to bring new people into the show but guys like i said we're going to go through quickly through these extracurriculars and then we will get to the big announcement if you're more of an audio listener apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor is where we upload not only every episode of betting and boozin but every single episode of the on the hhh racing podcast channel goes on to those three audio platforms so if you're more listening to in the car or when you work out or anything like that apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor is where you'll find those the regular power picks Again, on fire, but I'll tell you what, those Saratoga power picks are really firing up now. And you're you got three weeks left to Saratoga. This is when you're gonna want to get in, obviously, with next week being Travers Week. Um, night $15.99 a month. Again, it comes out to only four dollars a weekend for two tracks that covers full ABC grids, like full um, top three picks, pick five, spot plays, anything you want. Again, that's two tracks for only four dollars a weekend. You're just completely missing out on the profitable and very cheap power picks. Again, patreon.com slash HHH racing podcast is in the description below. Again, Saratoga only power picks. I touched on them. We had eight winning bets given out on those in the on the Saratoga only power picks in the three days of racing we cover. That is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And guys, like I said, this is going to be the time that you're going to want to get in as next week being Travers weekend. You're not going to want to miss every single thing that we cover on the Saratoga Only Power Picks. Again, hhhracingpodcast.com. And at the top, it is Power Picks Tip Sheet. Or if you go right into the description of this video, it is at near very near the top. But the full link is there. It'll take you right to where you sign up, guys. Again, this is when you'll want to get involved. But one more thing. And, of course, uh, Pete Visco, everything about us um, – that you want to know previous editions of the power picks. If you want to get a little bit more in tune, hhhracingpodcast.com. Again, thanks to our great host, Pete Visco for helping us out with that. But guys, right now we got a pretty decent amount of viewership. Now I'll give the announcement now. And of course I'll give it later in the episode is more of a preview, but next week, Howard, Pete and Paul have secured both um, the trainer of the Belmont Stakes winning Archangelo, of course, Jenna Antonucci, who will, of course, be running Archangelo in the Travers. But not only are we going to have Jenna Antonucci on this podcast next week, we're also going to have the amazing Richard Migliori on this channel as well. Same, it'll most likely be the same show, but both Jenna Antonucci and Richard Migliori will be on this podcast next week. Be on the lookout for those. They're both going to cover everything you want to know about Travers weekend. And that's one podcast that you're definitely not going to want to miss. So again, go down, hit subscribe, hit that notification bell. So you don't miss when those podcasts come out, because those ones are going to be what you're going to want to see. Um, everything you want to know about Travers weekend, obviously everything about Arcangelo will most likely be one of the top choices in the Travers stakes. And then all the great information that always comes from uh, the MIG is everything you want to hear. So guys, that is going to be, Next week, we're not sure the exact date yet, but be on the lookout for when that's posted. Um, as Howard just Howard was so when he was telling me he was so excited um to get those people on the show, and rightfully so. It's going to be 
a great podcast. Guys, going to bring on my two co-hosts right now, and then I will go over some of the chat, and we'll get into this late pick five on Friday. And that's actually, I will cover um, one caveat that I wanted to touch on first, but I will do it with my co-hosts on the screen. Of course, from New Jersey, who can never seem to hear me when I speak, Patrick Kunsel, and of course, Bet boozing, betting and snoozing. What did he? What I don't know what Jim calls it, but Charlie Freeman, boys, what's going on? Not too much. How are we doing? Uh, just like I said, it's gonna be this weekend first, which we have a great uh weekend with the Skidmore Stakes on Friday, which we will be talking about. And of course, as I say at the beginning of the show, the Alabama Stakes Day is this Saturday. Just I mean, you got Alabama Travers, and then um, the last weekend, of course, of Saratoga to close it out, but it's been a great. Uh, summer of racing up at the spa as it always is although you can always argue field sizes blah 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 we're not going to get into that today but michael austin is here thanks so much michael for joining the show greatly appreciate it jim pollar said not to brag but i was only five winners away from hitting the huge pick six earlier hey jim all that matters is you got one that's all that matters and um from what i heard i mean one person one ticket cashed i'm pretty sure today for the whole pool I believe it was one ticket for six hundred and eleven grand or something like that. Yep, it's just I mean that's a, that's amazing. So don't worry, Jim. You and a bunch of other people were were a decent amount of winners away. But Jim, thanks so much for doing the show, man. Trish, Trish, thanks so much for doing the show. Twin Spires is still that's insane. I mean, I don't use Twin Spires for obvious reasons, as um they they obviously closed down my track, but. That's actually the Twin Spires has been down since like early midday today. That's insane that it's still down. But Trish, again, thanks so much for joining the show. Richard is here. Good evening to you, sir. Thanks so much for joining the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, Terry Frank says Twin Spires is up. So I got conflicting information in the chat over here. But hopefully it's up because that's that's been an insane day for them, I'm sure. But uh, Charles B is here. Likes the dartboard in the background. Tight races. Just don't know who the double bull horse is. Absolutely. You kind of just. When you don't know, you kind of just paste numbers on the board and you turn around and just throw it behind you and whatever hits sticks. But yeah, Charles, I do enjoy uh, I enjoy some darts and enjoy um, actually the darts overseas as well. So the God, I have the dartboard in the room. But everyone I see, uh, Michael Austin says Arkland, Archangel won't even be on his tickets, which I think might be a little bit. Oh, I mean, hey, maybe he doesn't run, but I don't want him to leave him off my ticket. That's for sure. But guys, oh, bedding and snoozing. That's what it, bedding and snoozing. That's what bedding it is. And snoozing. That's awesome. And then, of course, my favorite person from across the pond, Simon O'Neill. Thanks so much, guys, for joining the show. But like I said, we're not, we're going to get right into this pick five here. But the one caveat I wanted to touch on as I bring it up on screen now, um, you can see right here, Friday the 18th, it's, it's, it's what we don't want to talk about, but it's what we need to talk about. There's an 81% chance of rain all day on Friday. So to everyone out there, we are going to handicap all races that are on the turf right now. We are actually going to handicap them for off the turf. That is race number six, the first race of the sequence, and race number 10, the last race of the sequence. We're going to assume they are going to be off the turf on Friday to give you guys the most accurate information possible. Of course, if something, some miracle happens and they are not, on the they're um not off the turf they're on the turf on friday keep an eye out on twitter as we post all our picks out there at ap roscoe k for me at c3 316 for patrick and all i mean for charlie and although patrick doesn't have it it is just his name at patrick console we will post all picks if there's something some miracle happens and they're on the turf but we'll be handicapping the first and last rate of the sequence as they're off the turf but guys again we're going to get into it pretty quickly here race number six was a very nice maiden special eight for new york breads going a mile and the 16th on the inner turf unfortunately it most likely be changed to probably a mile on the dirt would be my guess um i know they have a tough time running it at a mile and a 16th but it is carded for a field of a 10 with an also eligible and an mto by my calculation i thought it was going to be scratched down to a field of six or seven i went through the field and charlie i think um feel free to send me some other ones because i think your horses are going to be all taken off would be my guess because you have the three and the one but the who who's i originally had in first but my guess is they would be scratched off the turf but i'm bringing up the picks right now 
Patrick, you'll see you and I are pretty similar here. 12 going 12-4. There's one horse on the outside who I thought was extremely weak, like extremely interesting because it's a Wesley Ward trained. Uh, the bug picks up the mount, Jaime Torres. And what, you'll ne- what you really don't see a lot of the time is a MTO Ward horse. So this, obviously, the horse worked really well last time. And hopefully, I'm sure you saw, can get a decent trip from that outside. Yeah, um, you know, you make the good point about Ward. And it's actually been interesting because um, I have noticed a little bit with the weather starting to play games up at Saratoga this summer that Ward has started to lean towards using some more MTOs like, you know, Linda Rice does, as we'll see later in the card. Um, But Ward's been unbelievable on dirt this year, actually. I mean, you look at the numbers, it's been incredible. Um, You know, this horse is set up as 8-1 to morning line. Uh, but that I would not look at that at all, considering that you know this horse is going to probably be the favorite if it's on the dirt, um, and like you said, has been working well. Uh, so I, I just can't find an alternative to the MTO for Ward, uh, just because like the four horse, um, a Knight's Courage who has two previous races on the dirt, they're just, I mean, they should not win this race. Uh, but you know, this is one of those where you kind of just chalk it up to you know if the MTO is on, then this should be should be tough to beat yeah no worries because um like i said this is just something you don't see every day and ward puts this in an mto where generally generally speaking these mtos get into easier spots i know this one's a little bit a little bit weird as it's a two-year-old um a two-year-old race that was carded for the turf and now it's going to be taken off so you don't really know who's going to scratch out it's a little bit kind of you know murky in that regard but this horse has been working great. This horse is actually gelded three days ago and worked the day after he was gelded and still ran a 49, 49 flat. So I think Wesley Ward will have this one cranked up and ready to go from the outside. Um, but it's just, again, it's going to be who's going to scratch from the inside. Cause this horse is obviously not going to be in the 12 post come. Um, yep. Come post time. But Charlie, I know I'll let you talk about your horses as um, you wanted to put the Wesley Ward horse on top. You just said you forgot to change the race, but um, I will put your picks in right now. Feel free to talk about uh, your top picks in this race. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of tough for those who obviously have experience on the dirt. They've looked abysmal to be honest, from the figures perspective, honestly, I don't think this Ward horse is as strong as most of his others. I mean, if you look from a workout perspective for a trainer, who's typically known for having his horses working very forwardly, I think last strength, was certainly one that he put in for an MTO. A, because as you mentioned, knowing that a lot of the other ones would prefer turf would make it a soft field. And be quite honest, I just think, especially for a horse that costs as much uh, as uh, as it did at 175000 I think the horse needs an easy field. I mean, for me, that is something I would look out for. I certainly expect, as uh, Patrick touched on, Wesley's been running tremendously on the dirt. And uh, with the way the field, again, is set up, this horse should fire. But I also would want to see what the odds are. If last string's getting hammered, certainly then you have to respect the board and probably bet the horse. But I wouldn't put too much on it just because, again, from a works perspective, uh, I know one of the hosts on the flagship show had talked about it with, uh, was it Love Reigns that got hammered as a Wesley Ward horse but wasn't working well, and then the horse did absolutely nothing. Uh, So that is something to know. Because then I know that other time, I think – it was Noah or Pat, I think it was Noah. Somebody had touched on that Wesley Ward horse that ended up destroying when the race got moved to the dirt. And the horse was working really well, but just wasn't, you know, from an actual track standpoint doing well, but turned it around. So I would still keep that in mind. But yeah, there isn't really anyone else with too much experience. Uh, as you mentioned, my top picks are all probably going to scratch off. So I guess the only other one to maybe look at for me is maybe the other first time starter and one with everything. Um, I mean, I know with uh, Kenneth McPeak, he tor- he actually typically does better when he's an underdog than when he's the heavy favorite. Uh, you know, the horses work decently. And again, for one where most of the horses have turf experience and the ones without turf experience, I mean, uh, with dirt experience have looked terrible. Why not take a shot on someone else new? Well, right. And that's the thing with this race is, there's a lot of other horses that I actually had the number six on top originally, and I have the horse in third um, now, but Eric from Miami first time gelding was actually gelded eight twelve. The only thing I didn't like about Eric from Miami is um, after looking back through him was he last worked on July 20th was gelded four days ago on the 12th. I, I love the first time gelding angle, just trying to find some, way to differentiate but 
he hasn't worked in three weeks and now gets first time gelded. And then Horacio, who hasn't won a race this entire meet, by the way, now just throws him in to what will most likely now be a scratch down field. But um, there's too many question marks for air for Miami to put him on top. But I love the, I like the first time gelding Eagle. I think he comes in a little bit more, maybe shows a little bit more speed and with Ricardo Santana, who's a, an aggressive rider and might be able to stay through as this horse was working well up to that last race and just it got out like really weird. Like he was like this as shy at the start where he just didn't like go right away. And then all of a sudden he's stuck out five wide and never got a chance at all. So I'm willing to give Eric from Miami another chance, especially at hopefully a higher price than five, six to one. But Patrick, I'll let you touch on the four and then um, I'll let you touch on the seven and we'll move on. Yeah. You know, with the four, you know, they tried after those first two dirt uh, races, the horse did not show much at all. Uh, and then comes back and tries on the turf uh, at the beginning of August and just was really no threat in that race either. Uh, my thinking here was as Irad picks up the mount, which kind of interests me that in a spot where, you know, he probably is thinking this race is obviously going to be on the turf, but since the horse does have two previous back races on the dirt could improve and who knows how big of an improvement this horse needs to make to be in uh, competitive with the, with this bunch. Yeah. And my thing was, you know, this horse might not just have, might just not have the early foot. I like the first two races were sprinting. I'm sure everyone else noticed that on the page as well. So David Donk putting this horse into, obviously it was on the turf last time, but got a buyer top of 47, comes back to the dirt where this horse was originally meant for going longer. I think that could benefit this horse, uh, benefit a Knight's Courage, and then it picks up Irad. So I definitely couldn't throw a Knight's Courage out because realistically, even from a 37, I don't think you need to improve much from a 37 to be able to beat this field unless the unless the first-time starters just come out absolutely firing. But Patrick, give number seven and Kadula in third. Talk about him really quick, and then we'll move on. Yeah, I mean, this horse, like you know, previous, um, just has run on the uh, dirt. Obviously, the connections. Rudy Rodriguez want to try and switch to the turf in this spot, which most likely won't happen. And Rudy Rod has been pretty hot of late, so um, this horse has shown early speed. Uh, it's going to be stretching out in distance, which could be an issue, but. Um, I, I never subtract when I see Rudy Rodriguez on the dirt in a spot like this. Yeah. I mean, Rudy won one today at 17 to one. I'm pretty sure. Two so of two of them, there you go. See, that shows you how much I paid attention today. Oh, that's all right. Was, you got one of them, right? That's hey all man, means. I was working, man. Come on. I can't be watching races while I'm working, but um, look, this horse will be a price. Uh, Jaime Torres is also on uh, the number seven. So look out for her, who he rides. But the nice thing about this type of race is this is a race where you have to watch the board as well. There's going to be a lot of horse, a lot of money flowing to yep. a lot of these horses that won't be anywhere near their morning lines due to the off turf form. So take a look at the board and, and judge where the money's going and make your own judgment to, if you're playing horizontals, especially um, take a look at the board. It will be your friend. I'm going 12, four, six, Patrick's going 12, four, seven, and Charlie's going 12, nine seven guys switching over to race number seven but first i want to give a quick shout out to jeffrey wilson what's going on my friend thanks so much for joining the show greatly appreciate it obviously charles b said i showed it up but he loves wards horse here michael austin says uh that he'll never be a have a horse with wesley again but it is his favorite trainer to bet so that's i mean it's just he places his horses well although he doesn't run them too often so it's just a matter of um see yeah i see that howard i'm not putting that on the screen but i see you i see you there but um we're gonna move on to race seven here this is a race that was originally carded for the dirt it's a field of seven going a mile and three sixteenths on the dirt morning line favorite is the number five costa terra for lascano and rice and even though it's linda rice i was extremely surprised that this horse was favored on the morning line which obviously could definitely be the case when it comes to post time. But I thought both, I thought speed bias was actually going to be a pretty decent favorite in this spot, just based on who he's been running against. And obviously then you have the number two red run for maker who's running the Brooklyn and the suburban in his last two. So I thought 
you know, even though Costa Terra has the highest, most highest or highest recent buyer, I still thought he wasn't going to be, I thought he would have been third choice, honestly, but I'll switch over the picks right now. You'll see we're all going, we all have the same exact horses, but we're all going with different ones on top. So boys, it's just top picks only. You got to tell everyone why you're right and everyone else is wrong. Charlie, I'll let you go first. You have the number two red run for maker Jose Ortiz again coming out of the Brooklyn and the Suburban in his last two just didn't really have the wits to go the distance yeah so for me honestly I I thought what you thought as well I thought speed buys would be the favorite uh this was a horse that I took a lot of pride in uh last time out and was very confident in the horse coming back to uh put on a strong performance and win uh, and actually I believe got bet down pretty heavy that day after being more of a mid-odd horse uh, but the concern I honestly had with speed bias was the fact that the horse got to set the pace. You know what I mean? He got to run the race, got to the lead, got the perfect trip. I thought, okay, speed bias goes away winning and then ran out of gas. So that worries me that the horse got the trip he wanted. Uh, so I went for a different angle. I uh, I went with the red run simply because my concern with uh, Costa Terra was I think Costa Terra will be sitting too far back and it'll close up for third. I think speed bias will get caught by uh, red run. And this was more of a pace angle, to be honest. I think sitting that perfect stalking trip uh, you know, with a decent early speed of 81, not too slow like Costa Terra, and a strong 89 late figure, not weak like uh, Speed Bias, where the horse will be there late. I think this pace could really develop perfectly for Jose Ortiz. I mean, the horses run extremely consistent, uh, you know, in the mid-90s, and as you mentioned, in back-to-back grade two races uh, that are very difficult. And I do like the uh, the slight reduction in the distance. I honestly do think could help. And, uh, yeah, again, again, I, I think Michael Maker's done tremendous. Horses work decently, nothing crazy. Um, and yeah, again, I just think for, from a pace perspective, this should set up really nicely for our red run. Could definitely be the case. Obviously, I have the horse in second or in third, and so does Patrick. So it's he just doesn't like to win. That's my problem. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Patrick can touch on the last race he won was January of 22, and that was on the turf. So that's that, that's always concerning is when a horse just doesn't like to win uh, based on the paper. But red run could definitely get the trip here. But Patrick, you're going with the number four speed bias for Maquette and Irad. So, this, I mean, he's definitely talented, but coming out of the stuff like the Pimlico special, where he only lost to a nose to a very nice horse, of course, and rattle and roll, and then uh, just fading away in the Stephen Foster losing to West Willpower, who sadly is now retired from racing. But Patrick, tell us why we're wrong and tell us why you like speed bias. Yeah, you know, you hit on the races that speed bias is running. Um, and, you know, I saw people in the chat talking about you could look at this as a little class relief, which I, I do yep. agree with. Um, I also think that, um, you know, when I know the horse lost by four lengths last out, but I did think that race against Bright Future was and Arturius was was a better race and it's going to be a better race down the road than we look at. So I think speed bias is in better spot now. Um you know, that 93 buyer would, is going to fit in this spot. I, I firmly believe, I don't think as Kyle, you hit on with a hundred with Costa Terra, that might come back to be a little bit too, too big. Uh, I think speed bias, if it, if this horse can just stay the course of what it's been running has, a, has a big shot. And I, to be honest, I do not think the pace is going to be a problem in here. I, I what I think is, you know, with this, it's probably going to be a sealed track, uh, which might play a little faster than, you know, as a, as it would, as a fast track, just because it's a deeper track, Saratoga. So I do think speed bias is going to have uh, the front end uh, to use and should be dangerous on the front end. Yeah, Michael Austin touches on speed was holding pretty well. Yeah. Um, and as we know, it rains. It tends to be that way at Saratoga as well. Yeah. Um, just a matter of, I just feel like he got kind of what he wanted last time out. And at a mile and an eighth, he just kind of faded away to, you know, I mean, they're decent horses, right? Bright Future is no slouch and Artorias, obviously for Chad is no slouch as well. But to me, it just seemed like he got what he wanted and just still couldn't finish up the job. And Moquette's going to ask him to go just a little bit longer. I mean, it's just, I have, I had some question marks, the speed bias. That's why I took, but I also had, honestly, I also had question marks with Costa Terra, who's on my top line. Um, the I'm my two top picks are definitely four or five in this spot. Um, it's just a matter of that last race for Costa Terra. Although he was meant to be on the turf, these last two races is one thing to notice. I like that he almost ran his way onto the dirt. These last two um, in a nice N1X 
uh, at a mile and a quarter. And then August 9th, again, I know it's a quick turnaround, but if Linda Rice assumes that Costa Terra is ready, she will throw him in wherever he thinks that he, or wherever she thinks that he can win. And although losing by a neck last time out could definitely be a little bit of a, um, a little bit of concern. I mean, they went 113 and two and then 138 and one. I mean, that's not going monsterly fast by any means. I think if he gets any little type of pace to run into, Costa Terra will put in his run, Lascano from the outside. I think Costa Terra is a little bit more tactical, uh, Charlie, than what you were giving him credit for. I know the early time form U.S. pace figure is only 62. But those last two races in the spot he put himself in gives me a little bit confidence. Give me a little bit of confidence in Costa Terra and hopefully Lascano, who's been very hot as of late, can get this horse piloted to the right spot. But for me, it is four or five. I know Red Run is definitely a horse to be interested in, but I'm willing to play against a horse that's going to be five to two and hasn't won on the dirt in over two years. So that's just going to be my angle. And if Red One beats me, then you kind of chalk it up to Mike Maker and just give it a good training job and move on. But yeah. I'm going five four two. Patrick's going four five two, and Charlie's going two five four. Guys, battle of the battle of the boys. Who's going to win that race? And it probably it could be none of us. Honestly, <laughs> it doesn't seem that way on paper, but it could definitely be none of us. But um, going through the chat real quick. So if there's a speed, I like that, Richard. So if there's a speed bias, use speed bias. That's a good um, and that's a good uh, that's a good Howard teacher joke for anyone out there. But Michael Austin actually brings up the seven. He's a mess for Teresa Connolly getting the training job away from Henry Miller, a horse that's been running at Presque Isle. I mean, it just looks slow on paper, but the fact that Louis picks it up and he's going to be aggressive, I assume he'll put him in a very good spot from the outside, but He's going to have to improve just based on numbers alone if they want to compete. And obviously they only have one race on dirt, although it was a win at Mahoning Valley, but guys switching over to race number eight, this is the feature on the day. It is the Skidmore stakes for $150,000 for two-year-olds going five and a half furlongs on the turf will most likely be kept on the turf this is the one race that we're going to bank on because saratoga really tries to keep the races uh the stakes races on the turf um although they do have an mto in here so that is also one thing to keep in mind but we will keep these uh keep in mind that we think that the turf uh these stakes races will be on the turf but guys um, I will. I'm switching over right now. The morning line favorite is, of course, no name Mets for Irad and George Weaver, who won the win in your end Ascot race at Gulfstream that we actually covered on this show. Yeah, that's right. Um, and went to Ascot, didn't run too well, but then came back and absolutely ran the field off their feet in his comeback to the United States. But guys, switching over the PPs and switching over the picks right now, we are all going with no-name Mets on top. Patrick, you have the the honor of talking about no-name Mets and what you see to be able to come back into Saratoga and win this race. Yeah, no-name Mets owned by Mr. Alex Bregman, the great shortstop for the uh, Houston Astros. I, I wonder if he'll be in attendance. Probably not. He'll probably be playing baseball. But, um, you know, this horse, that ultra-impressive last out at Monmouth, um, had everything on the lead, uh, but – just you know a visually very very good performance um and you know the horse just seems more like advanced than uh his peers in this spot um you know i just feel like if this horse can get out of the gate well it, you know it's going to be very tough you know it's like you know when we were up in saratoga uh last week kyle you know there was a couple races on the turf sprints where you know if that horse broke you knew broke well you knew that it was kind of over and i feel like in this spot with no name mets if this horse breaks it, it could be over I mean, he just his races have just been extremely strong. And the funny thing, I read something on um, read something from Andy Byer on DRF, and you can see that both of these races have lines instead of speed figures. And according to Andy Byer, these races are just extremely hard. Excuse me to come up with figures for. So on a lot of these horses, you will not see um, buyer speed figures. But no name Mets. I mean, if 
Irad gets him out of the gate and just breaks super well, I think really the only way No Name Mets kind of loses one if it's just an absolute stampede for the lead, or he just doesn't break well, i.e., you know, he pulls a Golden Pal Breeders' Cup type of thing. But uh, Charlie, I know you have No Name Mets on top, and then I'll let you talk about your final your uh, other two. But is that kind of what you saw with No Name Mets? Yeah, so I actually remember when we covered the race at Golf Shame. I think I was the only one that was all over No Name Mets. The horse was opening at like 10, 11 to 1, had bullet workout after bullet workout. George Weaver, this was right before George Weaver got it rolling. Uh, but I remember ultimately I said that I wanted to put the horse on top, but I got too scared. And I remember going to Golf Shame that day. I bet Wesley Ward's horse. I bet Wesley Ward's horse over No Name Mets, but I didn't do anything with the horse on its own and regretted it right when I saw the horse walking out. Just looked confident, ready to run, and then ran huge in that debut then as we kind of touched on though when we recapped that race that it didn't look like such a strong field so knowing the horse was going to go right to ascot probably was going to struggle and did but then had a very nice bounce back win and easy despite the bump start uh at monmouth so i do expect this horse to run away as some other people i've seen have touched on this chat if you do play the light pick five this one has to be a single expect this horse to run away uh, i know me and patrick and you still have somewhere around have the ward underneath uh, while I do think uh, we'll touch more later when we get to uh, the end of the show, while I do think the Wesley Ward horse is live in this race and could certainly uh, make an impact, I think No Name Mets should win this race, race very comfortably as long as nothing goes horribly wrong. Uh, as for the Wesley Ward horse that I have in second, uh, honestly just went to a grade two race that the horse was not ready for overseas. Uh, but on debut, I, I know the horse was a heavy favorite, but still won easily in a 64,000 maiden special way and won effortlessly going away. Uh, certainly something to note that Irad was on that horse, but get uh, John Velasquez, who still is a great jockey in his own right, but that at least to me is talent enough that obviously Irad also believes No Name Mets should win easy. Uh, I do like the minute uh, flat bullet workout from Fandom, though, so the horse should be working forwardly, which again, since most Wesley Ward horses are supposed to, does mean that the nine should run solidly. And then honestly, for me, it's a clear-cut seven first, nine second. I think the rest of the field is way below. Uh, so I just took a chance on Seize the Gray. Uh, you know, two decent efforts, or not two. The last effort was a lot better on dirt. And uh, honestly, I just also like since it sees the gray, I assume it's a gray horse and I like betting grays. However, I will note that the jockey is Joel Rosario, which makes me extremely nervous. Uh, not a fan of him, but uh, you know, you know what? It's fine. The horse will probably be nowhere near the top two anyway. So uh, he can't really mess up much. Everyone's just catching strays. I mean, Noah just Joel won a stake today, too. And he did. And Noah's, shade on him. Noah came out of the clouds with. Uh, as anyone not named Kent DeSormo, the jockeys are just catching right hooks and left Gosh, hooks from the stakes. Yeah, after what happened when I, when, I went, when I went with that horse for the second time, uh, breezing easier, I'm done. I'm done with John. I can't, I know. And, and, then then me, and then he beat me when I had the one horse closing late at eight to one. Now, nah, yeah. Joel messed me up. So, I mean, Simon, Simon's shitting on you for not taking the ward horse. You're just you're losing it left and right here. Sees the great. I don't, the thing with. I don't like arrow gates on the turf, especially sprinting on the turf. Um, as we all know, the late great arrow gate, um, I'll go to his progeny. You can see his dirt numbers are just out, especially dirt routes, but dirt sprints too. I mean, 19 and 20% for all his progeny. And you go to the turf and his turf sprints and turf routes are both 7%, obviously smaller sample sizes, but they, the arrow gates really just haven't run that well on the turf. So, D Wayne just taking this horse from a really nice win in the slop um, over Dornock, who, if you don't know that horse, that was a big purchase for, I believe, the Bill Mott Barn, if I'm not mistaken. But the one thing I want to touch on real quick, uh, Patrick, and I'll let you go over the two real quick, but yep. uh, a lot of horses are coming, or no, it's just two other ones, excuse me. But Ship Cadet is who Patrick's going to talk about next. They both came out of the same race, which is the Tyro Stakes over at Monmouth Park going five furlongs. So, um, they're both, I think they're both one, two on the morning line, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, Patrick, again, you have ship cadet in second, I believe in second, no, in third, excuse in me, third, my yeah. fault, but please go ahead. Why is he going to follow uh no name Mets? Yeah. I mean, and this horse followed no name Mets actually last out and, you know, it was just no uh, competition for no name Mets, but also I believe if you watch the replay, the horse had a bit of excuse, um, as it says in the PPs, the horse was uh, four wide around the turn. And, you know, if it's all about a trip in, you know, those turf sprints. So if you don't get the trip, you're not you're not going to win. And that's what happened with Chip Cadet. Uh, and I find it interesting. The horse won on debut at Belmont on the turf sprinting. And then 
Maker thinks that, you know, putting the horse right up in stakes competition on the dirt was the right move and ends up running in the gold sweep. Um, and a horse ran fine, you know, lost by nine lengths, but, you know, ran fine and had got caught in a pace duel. Um, and then, you know, that last out, like I said, on the turf, on the good turf. So I, I think this horse could be interesting if it gets the trip. The one thing that I don't like about Ship Cadet, and this was how I actually went with the eight, who I'm going to talk about briefly and then we'll move on. Um, Chip Cadet kind of got, he got it, the pace set up in front of him. And although um, it was a pretty live Belmont race that day, I mean, they went 21, 21 and four mm-hmm. over the wide sweeping turns of Belmont Park, which is, ve- I mean, that's very fast for Belmont Park. So getting the pace advantage in front of him and able to go by everyone. But since then, I don't think he's, he hasn't really passed a single horse, like come, especially coming down the lane. So what I don't like is I don't think Ship Cadet is fast enough to get the lead in a race like this, and he hasn't shown enough to me to where he can run by horses unless it's an absolute meltdown. So for me, I was willing to play against Ship Cadet, especially who's most likely going to be second to third choice at five to one. So that was where I was kind of leaning. So I went with the number eight, Billy the Greek, for Safi and Louis Saez. Um this horse was always meant for turf, as you can see by the circle with X through it. This was an off-the-turf race on the good dirt. Was able to, at granted, he was bet down almost 13 to 1, but was able to pass horses after bobbling at the start. And if I go to Kitten, I mean, this is Kitten's Dancer out of a kit, uh, Kitten's Joy mare. So you know this horse is going to be revved up for the turf, has the breeding, and as you'll see, Beach Waltz for Michael Maker, John Velasquez in 2019-2018. Uh, she was a very it was a pretty decent turf horse. And um, there's other horses by Kittens Dancer who have done well on the turf as well. So I think this I think Billy the Greek has turf breeding. Safi pointed him into this spot, always was meant for the turf. So I like Billy the Greek to kind of spring a little bit of upset in at least underneath at eight to one. But Patrick, go ahead. Yeah, Kyle, just one thing on uh, Billy the Greek, because I was interested in the horse. And then what threw me off, and I want to get your opinion, is um, the horse's workouts. Like, it's kind of weird. I was looking at the dates. I don't don't understand what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't worked out since July 16th, which is definitely something to consider. Um, I don't don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know if Safi... Um, just shipped him up here or just kept him at Goldstream. My guess would be he shipped him up, which yeah. the one thing could be where, you know, maybe he got sick and wasn't able to work. And now Safi's kind of throwing him. But if I don't think Safi would throw him in a race like this if he wasn't yeah. ready. So um, I just think that he's going to be a little bit more of a price. And I had some yeah. question marks about Ship Cadet. So I think definitely. Billy the Greek would be interesting. But your point is definitely taken that the horse hasn't worked since before his previous start, which actually that, I mean, the funnier thing is that that his last works at Gulfstream shipped up and immediately raced at Saratoga and hasn't raced since. Uh So maybe there is some fitness, you know, some fitness issues. Um, Obviously shards comes to one of my horses. Shards come to mind where maybe he got a little bit, um, get a little bit sick, but uh, powered says sometimes they work and it's not recorded, but fair point but I wouldn't read into that too much. So, Hey, I like that the boss is on my side for once and not yours. So I'll take it and well, I'll sprint away. You know, I, the reason I brought it up because I, I had the horse at, on my top three mm-hmm. as well. And I was looking through the work after I looked through the works. So I'm like, you know what? No. So, I mean, look, it's a fair point. And you know, Howard says that they might not get published. Yeah, but I'm true. sure he's out there run. I mean, sure. He's out there working every day, yeah. but your point is definitely taken. I'm going seven, eight, nine. Patrick's going seven, nine, two. Charlie's going seven, nine four guys switching over away from the skidmore stakes into race nine which is a claiming level for fifty thousand, going six furlongs on the dirt draws a nice field of nine with a lot of familiar faces in this spot although a lot of them are with different barns and morning line favorite is actually the number five happy farm for irad ortiz and ariaga who's a, a lesser known trainer who runs i think a lot at finger lakes if i'm not mistaken but the second choice is number two, Prisoner for Jaime Torres and Charlie Baker, followed by the number six, Think About It, for Dylan Davis and Ray Handel. As I spring up the picks right now, and you'll see a lot of us 
are going many, many different ways in this race. Patrick, I'll let you go first. You and I have the same top two. You went with the number two prisoner for Charlie Baker, which one thing to note about him is he has he has not won a race yet at this meet. Actually, he did win today. So he, he did win off. today. That is dead. See, I was working, man. You can't, you can't. People are doing this to me. Yeah. So I'm going to ride that. I made a note of that as soon as he won today. I'm like, you know what? If he's got a horse that's got a shot today, I got to make a note of that. So, uh, no. Um, yeah. Charlie Baker has been very cold, like Kyle said. Um, but this horse prisoner, um, very visually impressive. Uh, last out, I really, really liked that race. Um, showed that it could sit off the pace and rate a little bit. And then pounce when needed, and that's what the horse did. And this is at Monmouth, and it is, you know, the level, you know, the horses that came back weren't, you know, that strong. But I think in this spot, um, with the pace that should be there, uh, this horse should pounce on a a very fast pace. And, uh, you know, with especially with the, uh, the, the young jockey and will get lesser weight, uh, this horse should be forwardly placed, but has a chance of uh, sitting off of it as well. Yeah, and I mean the one thing, how many Torres can ride? Like you yeah. know, you see these bug jockeys, and he's a very strong rider, and he really gives the horses he rides very good, uh, strong rides. As I said, so I like Prisoner for the same reason that you said. Charlie actually doesn't have this horse anywhere, but I just think if the pace melts down, Prisoner is going to be the one that could pick up the pieces, even though he has shown that he can go to the lead. But I don't think at all that he necessarily needs and again we're riding that charlie baker high going for two wins in two days um or two wins in three days excuse me i'm not sure if he has anyone in tomorrow obviously but you gotta go for it i'll talk about my top pick um actually i'll talk about my top pick now and i'll let charlie go and finish up but think about it for ray handle dylan davis and zillow racing got to talk to our uh good friend paul halloran to see if he has any intel on the Zilla racing as he owns a few with them. I just really like that last race for think about it. And it got an 85 buyer first off the claim for Ray beating a lot of other horses in this race. And this is one I wanted to show the replay because uh, think about it was slow out of the gate and then got checked pretty quickly. And I mean, you'll see check. I believe he's the number. See the one. Yeah. He's the number one on the inside. So you see, he gets out pretty slow in the Zilla colors and the black and green as Dylan tries to get him up closer. You'll see he's checked pretty hard there and he has to steady. I mean, he loses three, two, three lengths just straight out the gate, but Dylan's able to keep him steady. And as I switch to the top of the stretch here, you'll see he's waiting, 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 finally gets room and is able to just pounce and go. And although he did get, I mean, it's not a perfect trip by any means, but um, I think just that strong, I and mean, he's not even on the right lead, and he's still powering past a lot of these horses that are in this race today. So I think, think about it, most likely without the steady, could get a very similar trip in this spot, and most likely with a faster pace, which could only benefit him, at least in my thinking. Patrick, is it kind of what you saw as well? Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. One thing about this horse was I was actually, this was opening week uh, at Saratoga. I think it was like the second day. And um, I texted, um, you know, Matt Uter, who's a part of Adelphi Racing. And, you know, it just maybe a little intel on the horse. And we were told that the horse might have needed to start. And what do you know? The horse goes off and wins at 20 to 1. So I, I do think that this horse... Uh, that destroyed happened. me that day. I'll tell you that much. I was yeah. big on C's get degrees that day. That yeah, ruined so, me. But. So uh, seeing this horse come back and has been working somewhat well, um, and, you know, the trainer saying that the horse might have needed to start last out, uh, That you know, I will believe the trainer, and I think this horse has a big shot if it, you know, um, runs its race. I just think he gets the same type of trip, and hopefully, like I said, with a little bit more pace in front, I think think about it is extremely, extremely interesting, especially at a price upwards of five to one. But Charlie, it is your floor now to tell us why we are completely wrong in this race as you go with a horse that neither of us have in our top three. Seven Nation Army off the claim for Gustavo Rodriguez, jumping up a pretty decent amount in class, going from the 32 to the 25 and now up to the 50, but gets Pratt aboard. 
Yeah, so for me, that was a big uh, thing I liked. I mean, obviously having I read last time out, but taking Flavian Pratt is certainly nothing to be upset about. A jockey who's been doing really well. The horse has worked well. And quite honestly, I remember that race that you just showed. And I believe it was you and me, maybe Petro. I think a lot of us were on Jake Rocks for that race and the horse ended up scratching out. So then kind of ended up being, I just remember watching the replay, honestly, and just not being impressed with that race at all. Uh, for me, the two horses that really stood out to me from it, though, was the horse you guys touched on, but I thought the race kind of set up nicely for the too nicely for the horse. And then the favorite in that race, Happy Farm, who just got a terrible trip. I mean, you saw when you were showing the replays that uh, um, Happy Farm also got bumped and studied a bunch during it, did not get a clean trip at all, then ended up having to waste a lot of energy after going through all that, trying to battle with season degrees. So I still think it could be in the money simply because the horse is so fast that I feel like if season degrees also gets a cleaner trip, because they all kind of were bumping into each other, could get a at least in the money thing. But I kind of decided, you know, when you have a lot of horses that run together and it's not a good race, why not look another direction? And that's where my angle was with uh, Seven Nation Army. I uh, The horse had a massive step forward, gets Flavian Pratt, worked well, had a very impressive time for the six furlongs at Saratoga. Uh, also seems compared to some of the other speed to do a better job of at least holding up there and being, you know, somewhere around the money. Uh, so I just think if Seven Nation Army can run a trip like last time, I think especially from a figures perspective, certainly would be strong enough with a repeat effort to win at a nice price. And for me, there's just no horse in this race that impressed me enough that I wouldn't want to look for more of a price. Uh, then as I touched on for Happy Farm, got bet down to favoritism after the scratches, just did not get a good trip. But again, I think just for another horse with speed, but has a little more late pace to actually be able to hold that speed could certainly be a threat. Gets Irad as well, which I think is very interesting with a horse that, you know, used to have Flavian and the other one used to have Irad and now they switch horses. So I think that's certainly something to watch. And with a 36 and three and a 48 and four, another one that's been working out really well. And then, yeah, with season degrees, I don't know. I just wanted to throw a price in there for a horse that has very solid figures. But uh, for me, I think the horse will end up just gassing out. I'll end up fading late, but, you know, still could end up holding up enough to finish somewhere in the money. I mean, absolutely. There's just a lot of speed on paper in this race. And the thing I didn't like about Seven Nation Army, one, I know Howard's going to agree with me, that he's eight years old, and all of a sudden he pops in 89, which we haven't seen since the beginning of 23. This, I mean, the last time he won was mid-2022, and that was at Indiana going six. So he just hasn't really shown the ability to win in the past year. And, I mean, off the claim, jumping back up to 50,000 where, again, he hasn't shown anything since uh, back in last August. So, for me, I was willing to take a little bit of stand against. And from the rail for Seven Nation Army, I assume that that just means Flavian's going to have to be aggressive, especially with horses that are going to be to his outside, which I like a little bit more from a stalking point of view. And Happy Farm, who I have in third, and Patrick um, – Actually, the three was touched on already, right? No, powerfully built was the horse we didn't touch on. But um, I'm gonna sorry, I, I respect your opinion, but I'm gonna skip. Um, it's all good. Uh, Happy Farm is one horse that again just seems to always be there, but never likes to finally get that last punch. Although he was running really well at Aqueduct, this I mean, he's a nine year old now off the claim of Michael Maselli, now goes to Antonio Arlaga. I said Ariaga. That's my apologies. Ar, Ar, Arlaga. And, you know, he didn't get the best trip, but I don't think, I think the six, I mean, the six in this race, the one in that race, I think he got a worse trip. Even after, though, he got a pretty decent tip out. So, um, Happy Farm is definitely going to be in there for me, but he's def, he's not going to be on my top line. I'm going 6-2-5. Petra's going 2-6-3. And Charlie's going... One five seven, and I was right the first time. Ariaga, I was right the first time. This, uh, it, it's that looks like an L on my screen, Howard. That's why it's I'm second guessing myself. But um, look, I agree with you, Howard. That why is the Flavian jump on? I don't think he's impossible either. I just don't like the fact that he's on the. I don't like the post and the fact that he's gonna have to send most likely into a lot of other speed in the race. I just and he really doesn't he hasn't run at the front since last year so it's just something to be able it's something to poke holes in and I'm willing to look other places especially with the number six think about it but guys moving into the last race here we'll go through decently quickly it is a really nice allowance race was meant to be on the turf sadly it is not or we're going to assume that is not anymore excuse me don't take that out of context 
We're going to assume it is off the turf. Kyle's and just dropping a bucket of rain right on Saratoga. That's, that's right. Friday, I, so. I, it was me. I am the cloud. I would know. <laughs> um, it drew a full field of 10, but gets four MTOs on the back end. Most likely, if it's rained off the turf, the favorite will be the number 14 asymmetric for Manny Franco and Chad Brown. And the second choice, if he stays in, will most likely be the number one rally squirrel for Luis Saez and Tom Amos. As I switch over the picks right now, you'll see two of us are going with the number 14 on the outside asymmetric for Chad Brown. But Charlie, you are going with the second choice, the number one rally squirrel who used to be Arlington legend Brittany Vandenberg's horse. But now a pretty a good claim for Amos, and he moves him all the way from ten thousand claiming all the way up to a state bred N one X. Yeah, so a rally squirrel, you know, rode by uh, written, or ridden by in the past. Some of my favorite jockeys like Tyler Gaffleone, and obviously Arlington legend Chris Amy was disappointed he didn't shout that out. Um, but yeah, for rally squirrel, you know, this was a horse for me originally when this was supposed to be on the turf that I had interest in, but was going to play against just because to me, I, I kind of thought you know early in the career, sure. This uh, horse seemed to prefer to be on the dirt. I mean, uh, the turf. But lately, this horse has been running primarily on the dirt and then just took big steps forward. And last time goes on to win and not as the favorite by 10 lengths going away, easily breezed past. But, you know, it's also shown in other races uh, to be able to sit that stalking trip. And as I've talked about before, I love versatility. Love the horse getting Luis size because I know he'll execute a great trip on the horse. Um, and, yeah, for me, I just wanted to go a different direction. You know, I think the 14 is very live in this spot kind of thing to me it's a two-horse race between the one and the 14 and then you kind of pick who else you think has a good chance a little surprised I, I see Patrick and I both of the 11 I'm curious why you don't believe the 11 will get in there because for me I thought these were the only three real contenders but uh, I just wanted to go against the 14 because I figured the horse will get hammered probably be even money give or take maybe even less depending on what people think so I wanted to go for a horse that I think you might even get a little more value and end up being around that five to two three to one range who I think could very well win and would rather take a chance on Patrick, I don't know how you felt about the rally, uh, the number one rally squirrel, but the one thing that I don't like, I mean, I mean, the 88 buyer, and I know it's his only second start on dirt, and he's two for two, but the 88 buyer almost seems to just stick out on the page. Um, one by 10, last time at 10,000 claiming, now taken up. I, get, I know it's state bred, and I know it's an off-the-turf race, so it will generally be an easier spot, but... I mean, going from 10,000 to allowance 95 is still a pretty decent ask for a horse that just ran his best buyer by a, I mean, especially on dirt by a major long shot at a $10,000 claiming level. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. And, um, you know, I'm not saying it's true. People have brought it up. I, I haven't looked into, into it too much, but the, the Alice park being on the lead speed figure has been, Correct. you know, it, it's, it's been there and people have talked about it. Uh, so I definitely think that has to be talked about. Um, and, you know, the only other thing and the reason why I have uh, the one in third uh, is to be quite honest, is because Tom Amos is just incredible yeah. right now. I mean, he's hitting it all. You know, he's f- I think he's four for ten with uh, yes. this meet so far, which is incredible. All, all or nothing. Um, it's four for ten. No in the money. It's all it's all or nothing for Tom Amos. This meet. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and he picks and chooses his spots very well, like any other trainers uh, do. So. Um, yeah, you know, I felt this horse, I, I don't think this horse can win. Um, but I, I think this horse underneath has got a shot. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you by any means. I just thought it was a really big ask, mm-hmm. especially from the rail. He's going to have to send. There's a decent amount of speed in this race. So, but the one rally squirrel is definitely interesting. Uh, Patrick, I'll let you continue on with the number 14 asymmetric and then touch on the 11. I'll let Charlie finish up. And then we'll get to our best bets. But number 14, asymmetric, Clarevich, Franco, Chad Brown. I mean, you know, it's just the usual characters in this type of spot. Yeah, it's getting kind of boring picking this. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I'm trying to think. I think this horse will be running a mile, right, out of the I shoot. Be- I would assume, yeah. Yeah, so um, which would be fine. And I, this wouldn't change my opinion at all. Um, I, I, I think the stretch out for this horse and distance uh, will be a good thing. Um, after looking at its previous races. Um, and, you know, other than that, you know, it's one of those spots where Chad's just picking the horse in a state bred race uh, where he, you know, he just thinks that if I throw this horse in as an MTO, it's more likely than not going to be a winner. And this horse just seems, in my opinion, visually to, to tower over this field. Like I said, towering over is a little bit 
in hindsight, I mean, as we all know, I touch on it again and again, these MTO spots that get in at Saratoga are generally much easier as these, these horses are all meant for the turf and they're coming off to get on uh, to the dirt. And these MTOs draw in, we see a time again, Linda Rice has been the biggest capitalizer Uh of this, where she just runs her dirt horses, enters them in as MTOs. And if they get in, they have a very strong shot. And that I agree with everything you said on asymmetric. I know the outside posts can be a little rough um, going out of the Wilson shoot, but obviously he won't be out of the 14 hole maximum. He'll be out of like the eight, nine hole most likely, which is still not uh, still not good by any means out of the Wilson shoot, but is much more manageable. And I think asymmetric gets a really nice trip on the stretch out for Chad Brown, but guys, uh, but Patrick, you, you and Charlie both have the number 11 cut the cord. This was one that I was also going on and I have the, I put the number three in there instead, but this was another one for me, like the one where the 86 just kind of pops out of nowhere on the screen. Yeah. Um, was, you know, was it Saratoga? Um, you know, was that a mile and an eighth? Um, that race came back. Uh, Dust Devil just, you know, yeah. kind of romped that field on the lead. Um, I, I, I feel like that race just is going to come back and not be that strong, but we'll find out earlier in the card because Dust Devil's actually running in a race. That is correct. Uh, um, earlier on, I, you know, Jeremiah Englehart, you know, one of those trainers that kind of comes in from Finger Lakes. Um, you know, he's around, just not too much. I just think this horse is you know, interesting with, you know, his speed figures fit and, you know, having run on the dirt most of the time, if this horse runs, you know, a, a decent race should have a shot. Yeah. I mean, he definitely does. Charlie, I'll let you touch on, but first I want to give a shout out to Simon O'Neill. Thanks so much, Simon, for joining the show, man. I know it's really late out there as it always is, but absolutely everyone that's in there. Why haven't you smashed the like button yet? Absolutely smash that like button to help us out. We greatly appreciate it. Simon. Thanks so much, man, for joining the show. Absolutely. Stay lucky out there. Charlie, you have the horse in third. Anything you want to touch on before we move on? All right, I think Patrick kind of hit it, and so did you a little bit. Again, for me, it was just kind of the same angle with the one. A horse taking a nice step forward, and again, a big thing that I think you guys touched on that you're not nervous about, but for me, I am a little nervous about, is the stretch out for the 14 horse, especially with the wide post as well, and for a horse that at least early on is shown to be more of an early speed kind of horse that likes to be either on or on the leader pressing the early leaders mm-hmm. so that is the angle i like with the 11 and the one you're certainly going to get much more value you'll probably get all of that five to two and four to one maybe even a little bit more on both of them they've had experience of the distance they both are coming off career best efforts maybe it isn't sustainable but at the very least the idea that they could run towards that form and if they do it's good enough to win and knowing again that i could beat the big favorite for me personally if i'm playing this race if I'm playing it you know in a pick five i'm putting all three of them in there just because there's the value at least in case you don't hit the long or the Heavy favorite, but if I'm playing this race single uh, vertically on its own, I'm absolutely betting against the 14 and taking a shot on one of these two. Just again, horses that are coming off solid efforts and have ran the distance. I see, you know, why not? Again, at least I would get some value and not have to hope that a horse stretching out on the far outside of no value at all is going to come home for me. Uh, so that's what my angle honestly was with the one and the 11. Point is completely taken, my friend. I went with the number three bourbon chase real quick for Pletcher and I read. The horse will take money. You probably won't get eight to one, although he does look very slow on paper. I just think that he, this horse could trip out, honestly, if there is enough speed in front of him. Um, coming off a maiden win, obviously he was 0 for 7 before that and bet down all the way to 4 to 5. Pletcher even tried to put him on the turf, and it was rained out. Ran himself back onto the dirt this time. Will need to approve on numbers but could get a very nice trip under IRAD. And um, hopefully there's enough speed in front of him to get home. But I think this horse is definitely interesting, at least underneath. I'm going 14-3-1. Patrick's going 14-11-1. Charlie's going 1-14-11. Again, we're thinking that this race will be rained off the turf. Anything, any of these races that stay on the turf, if if it bubbles or it cuts out early enough to where they run them on the turf, Keep an eye out on Twitter. Again, I'm at AP Roscoe K. Charlie's at C Free 316. And Patrick is at Patrick Kunzel, just like his name says in the name tag. Um, all our picks, no matter what changes, what scratches will occur, all our picks will be on the Twitter uh, or on, on the Twitter. I sound like I'm 80. On Twitter on Friday. Be on the lookout for that. Guys, we're going to go through our best bets really quick here as I click the wrong thing. Uh, Charlie, you are up first, my friend, as I have you listed first. Um, it is 
best bets for this weekend. A race number four, actually, a race that we didn't talk about was the win on number four, stunningly, with the four six exacta and the race number eight seven nine straight exacta. Charlie, talk about your best bets. Yeah. So first, I'll start with race seven, just because that's the one that's actually a part of the uh, the card that we're covering. Or sorry, uh, race um, race eight. I apologize. That's the one with no met. Uh, the I think the no met no horse, right? Yeah, no name. No, yeah, no name mets where the horse should win easily. Uh, as I kind of mentioned to me, no name mets is in a class of its own. Then the Wesley Ward horse is in a class of its own. So why not just do the exact and bring home some value? So that's a bet I feel strongly about. And then if we go to race four uh, with Stunningly, this was a horse that you know hasn't quite been able to get the job done in a maiden special weight. Run, ran two very solid figures, though, in a row that tower over any other horse with experience. And then, you know, the first time starters for me haven't been crazy uh, impressive. The horse should win, I think, from an odds perspective, is expected to, was a near $700,000 horse for Asmerson. I am trusting Joel Rosario, so you know what? Maybe I do need to give him his flowers. Uh, and then with the sixth horse, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name, so we're just going to call it Mr. R for now. Uh, Chad Brown, <laughs> Irish Connection, solid workouts, another expensive horse. I just threw it Mr. in with the R. box simply because – with how expensive and how well the horse is working with the Lasix, was a little scared that this horse could end up just destroying this field. So just in case, if it ends up coming down to four and six, I cover my bases. Yep. I mean, absolutely. And that's a race that we didn't talk about. Always love when you give your best opinions, no matter the sequence we cover. So Charlie, good luck with your best bets. Patrick, you're going my route, my friend, and I absolutely love it. Race number six, a daily double, 12-4, ice cold. And race eight, a double, seven with two six uh, Patrick talk about your best bets. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, you know, jump around anything in this sequence. Um, I think, you know, you got to take advantage um, where you can, especially with the uh, MTOs yep. uh, coming in, which I believe, you know, you know, the prices might not be there as much, but you know, you play a double or something like that turn, you know, four to five into three to one or four to one, I, you know, value. So um you know, the 12 last drink for Wesley Ward first time out. I think this horse is going to be tough um, as the MTO. And then, you know, I, I have that along with uh, doubled up with uh, speed bias in the um, seventh race. Uh, you know, I think speed bias, I think speed bias will run back to uh, one of its better races and hopefully run big um, in a spot like that. Um, and then I'm going to play another double with uh, the seven. Um, no name Mets who, you know, we're all on, who's going to be very tough in that turf sprint in the skid more. And, you know, I want to be alive uh, to something. So, uh, you know, Kyle, you're six, think about it, who is interesting. And then the two uh, prisoner for Charlie Baker are the two that I'll uh, hook up with um, no name Mets in a double. Ryan, the Charlie Baker. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, as I, and as a fellow, as a fellow double enthusiast, I respect the hell out of it. So, Patrick, good luck with your bets. And real quick, I'll go over mine. I went the other side of the double. I went race number seven, four, five with no-name Mets. I think I talked about my question marks I had with the red run. I went speed bias and Costa Terra with uh, no-name Mets. And then in race number nine, I like um, that 92 price on the number six. Think about it as I talked about. So, um, those will be my two best bets. And of course, I usually play a $50 budget for each. So it'll be a $25 double, four, five foot seven, including in, equal to 50, and then a $50 win bet on Think About It. And hey, Michael Austin gives his out as well. Speed bias into no name Mets. Hey, that covers my bases, my friend. As long as that comes in, I will be a happy man. So, Michael, thanks so much for joining the show and giving that out. Greatly appreciate it. But guys, that'll do it for us on this Wednesday night covering the late pick five on Friday at Saratoga. Again, one more time, be on the lookout tomorrow. The flagship show goes over the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, going over Alabama stakes day and wet paint and all of her competition in the late pick five. And then next week we will have not only Jenna Antonucci, the trainer for Archangelo, one of the top picks in the Travers will be live on this podcast, but we also have the MIG, Richard Migliori, talking about everything that he knows about this upcoming Travers weekend. It'll be an absolutely fantastic show. You will not want to miss it again. Like this video, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you don't miss when it comes out. For my co-hosts, Patrick Kunsel and Charlie Feeman, it has been your host, Kyle Roscoe, in episode number 35 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Good luck, everybody. 
Crush your bets this Friday and Saturday at Saratoga. Good night, everybody.